everyone. I'm Lulu with Hookah Beauty Podcast. I am here today with the beautiful Carol Diamet. And that's right. I said her last name right. It's Diamet. It is not Jamie or Jam or Jammy. Okay? Get it right, people. She's from, actually, I don't know if you guys knew, she's from Estonia. Estonia. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay. And I just learned that right now, too. So now you know. <laughs> and so today our um, podcast is going to be all about how to build a clientele, you know, how to keep track um, of those costs and price accordingly to help, you know, build your business. Um, sorry, guys. I just want to let you guys know if you guys hear the airplane <laughs> and uh, people walking around. We're actually at Tempe Marketplace. We just had some lunch and now we're just kind of sitting down on the grass and enjoying our our, um, our conversation. So that's what you're hearing here in the background. If, if that's what you're just know, we're in the raw. We're, we're good. <laughs> There's no editing. It's just you take it as it comes. Yeah, exactly. This is just us. What we're, we're, we're talking about on the top of our head. So hi. Hello, everyone. My name is Carol. My Instagram is Last Chance Artistry. If you don't follow me, please do. I'm so excited to be here. Um, Lulu and I, we have been talking for the past hour, which we probably should have been recording, but here we are. Um, but yeah, so I'm sure some of you have seen online, I talk about business policies, business practices really, and how to gain a clientele that fucking loves you and stays with you. Yeah, exactly. And you know, she does have a few coaching um, programs, so we're going to talk about that too. But first, like I always like to do is I like to get to know um, the people I'm interviewing and let, because I mean, I'm getting right. to know you. I've known you, but like no one else does, right? Well, I mean, they probably do but more. We'll go a little bit so, more into detail. Tell me how you got into the lash industry. All right. So my background has been pretty much in the service industry. So I, I waited tables. I was a waitress. I bartended at a strip club. I have had my real estate license. I had my CNA license. I've literally tried it all. And I'm just one of those people where I don't really believe in just working for money. I actually need to be happy too and like happy with what I'm doing. Nice. So I, um, I got into lashes actually by one of my... Um, a guy that I used to work for, he had a restaurant and um, his daughter ended up opening up a salon and she needed help front desk. So I was like, you know what? Why not? I did that for a little bit and um, I had been getting my lashes done for gone six years, seven years. It's, it's been a, it's been some time before I even you know got into the industry. And every time I was checking people out, they're like, hey, like, you know, where do you go get your lashes done? Blah, 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 blah. And I would just refer out until she's like, hey, like, you should do this. So I was like, no fucking way. Like, I barely know how to put on mascara. Like, I have <laughs> I have never, you know, been the girl that, you know, yeah. knew how to put on makeup or, you know, I, I never did anything fancy, you know, until I got a little bit older. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. Why not? I really have nothing to lose. And at the time, too, so this is, what, six years ago? So I was, what, 22, 23? Okay. I was partying my face off. I had, like, no nothing you know like I wasn't really living for anything and ended up taking that lash course and prior to that I was working also at the diner so I was a diner girl and uh, I just remember telling myself that I just wanted to punch my own time clock yeah. so like a little bit of a backstory um, I just knew that I wanted to work for myself one day and I, uh, I had no I had no idea how I was gonna even make that happen and I ended up taking the lash class and probably two months in, I, by the way, I hated it. I hated my first lash class. It was just so freaking hard. It was nothing like I've ever done before. Yep. And uh, 
about two months in, it finally clicked. I was like, wait a fucking minute. I am punching my own time clock. What the hell am I complaining about? So I was like, that was my ticket out, right? Because I, I didn't have, you know, no college degree or, you know, I, I didn't have any of that. And I just ended up putting my head down. I ended up investing into more classes. So I've taken seven classes, eight classes at this point. Like this year, I've invested into business coaches and you know, all the other things, but it really took, it really took time and dedication. Yeah. And now we're here. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. And oh my gosh, I, you know, I love hearing about people's entry stories because it really does, sometimes it's, it's that kind of like, that struggle everyone yeah. experiences. I come and- from nothing. Like, you know, I, I ate mac and cheese until I was 15. Like, my, my family does not have money, uh, did not have money. So I started working when I was really, really young anyways. And, I yeah. mean, I've always had the work ethic in me. It's just, yeah. you know, directing my energy to something that was actually going to, you know, benefit not only me, but, you know, people that I was serving. Awesome. So. Um, I, I think that's so inspiring. Thank you. Um, I kind of want to ask you, you moved here from the East Coast to Arizona about how long ago? So it's been two years. Yeah, in June, it's going to be exactly two years. So I ended up having an actually a really successful business in the middle of nowhere in Connecticut. So if you guys want to Google Danielson, Connecticut, um, do it at your own risk. <laughs> Sounds small. <laughs> um, I think, you know, maybe the population is, you know, 4,000 people, if that. And uh, I think the household medium income is... maybe less, right? Okay. And it's, it's like, I straight up had cows in my, you know, backyard, like, in my studio, like, behind my studio. So, and I was able to have a successful business there. I actually uh, made my first, I had my first six-figure year in... In Danielson. In, yeah, in Danielson, nice. Connecticut. So if you ever feel like you live in the middle of bumfuck nowhere and you don't think you can do it, you can. People <laughs> will travel to you. People will find the way. I love that. Thank yes. you. Oh, my so God. People, you know, your, your only limit is you. Exactly. And, and I, I, I truly, truly believe that. And I, you know, built my clientele from ground up there. I moved out to Arizona and I didn't know anyone. I came here with just a little bit of money in my pocket and I had like you know, Instagram friends that I knew of like lash artists, but I, I, you know, I came here just by myself with, yeah, yeah, with like nothing really. Yeah. And, um, I was able to build my business up pretty quick as well. Um, but when I, so I moved here 2019, middle of 2019. And as, (laughs) as I was basically, you know, my books were, you know, filling up and everything was good. And this was also before I actually had anything online as far as coaching goes or, you know, any kind of mentorship. Um, I was teaching and training, but, you know, once COVID ended up hitting about the six mark that I was here, and it was right about the time that my books were full, life was good, and then it was COVID, and it was like, boom, we were shut down. I'm like, what oh the gosh. fuck? Okay, so let's <laughs> do this all over again. Uh, so I feel like I've built my business ground up way too many fucking times, and I, I, one of the biggest questions that I always get asked is like, you know, how do you do it? Like, how do you build your clients? like what does it take yeah it's fucking hard let's just like say that first Um, there's there's no magic pill there's often this weird idea in the industry that you know you do a b and c and boom like magic happens your books are going to be full and there's a lot of things that you can do you know as far as building your clientele and you know we can go into that as well but a lot of it has to do with customer service and your personality and who you are as a person and if you even belong in the service industry to begin with 
exactly. I agree. That's a hundred percent. Perfect. So when you moved here, and you were you doing lashes out of your home or had a studio? No. So I actually ended up signing. Uh, well, I didn't sign at least. So a little fun story. Hi, Ali. <laughs> um, so I ended up uh, renting or uh, sharing a bed with Ali, lash anarchist. I'm sure you guys follow her. And uh, so I was out of Lash Mom Studios. Her mom, Jill, owns Lash Mom Studios. And her and I, we, we just uh, split the bed, basically. And Allie didn't even take lashes. She just wanted to help me out because, you know, I, was, yeah. I started from scratch. So I ended up doing that until probably six or seven months. It was, like, right after COVID. You know, Allie ended up getting her own bigger location and stuff like that. But, yeah, I started at a studio right away. Um, just because when I first moved here, I moved into a studio apartment that was a fucking tin can, okay? It was like 495 square feet. <laughs> so even if I wanted to do lashes out of my house, it wouldn't have happened. So. <laughs> but so yeah, I, um, I ended up renting immediately, so... That's awesome. So how did you build your clientele um, while you were kind of doing that co-thing with Ali? So honestly, it was a lot of... Uh, Instagram. So Instagram has been my biggest friend in building clientele. Um, a lot of the times what I see um, Lash Art is doing is they're marketing not to a potential client. They're just posting beautiful lash photos and saying a lot of complex things in their captions for lash artists. And they're very upset that they can't build clientele because the work is great. So I did a lot of word of mouth and I did a lot of Instagram. I literally reached out to every single fucking being on Instagram when I first got here. From real estate agents to nurses to um, a tanning artists to uh, facials to hair to nails to like literally any kind of service industry that I could possibly collaborate with I reached out to them um, and that actually did me pretty well some people didn't respond but you know not everybody's going to even no. if five people were responding out of you know the 30 messages that I sent out I sent out a lot more by the way uh, I really wanted it. I was really hungry. And uh, the people that I was able to get through my doors by sending them DMs. By the way, guys, if you're starting from scratch and you're just waiting for clients to show up, it's not going to happen. You actually need to reach out and find your clientele. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, being on social media, engaging with other local artists, uh, maybe not necessarily as a lash artist, but if you have a nail girl, a hair girl, uh, a massage girl, whatever it is that is in our line of field, let's just say right. that. Um, and if you're not collaborating with them and you're just kind of sitting ducks, it, you know, thank you for saying that. Yeah. It's because, you know, and it happens a lot. We notice that at least, you know, obviously she's saying some golden rules here, you guys. When you're soloing it, you really have to move and like just hustle hard to get that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of people, when they start to work for a studio like ours, where we're already established and we already have some sort of like base clientele that kind of regularly comes in. Um, they do, those clients get picky. They start to realize they like certain lash artists at the studio. So if you're new into the industry and all of a sudden you're like, well, I'm going to go work at a studio because they're already going to give me clients. It's like, okay, yes, kind of. You know, really. we'll, yeah, we're, we're obviously we're going to, you know, schedule you with people, whatever. But it's really up to you as a lash artist when that client walks through the door. You know, if they if you can't keep that person as a clientele and then the next time they call in, they don't want you. They want so and so. Mm -hmm. 
that's your fault. Like, that's not on our studio. That's your fault, you know? And we do, we have our marketing budget. You know, we do what we have to do. Like you said, Instagram or like, you know, advertisements and obviously trying to get people through the door because we are established. But um, don't go into a salon setting uh, working for someone or under Just thinking that somebody's going to do it for you. You still need to have the skill set and hustle regardless of where you're at. If you're at your mom's basement, if you have your own studio, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You, you still need to have the, the hunger and drive and, you know, always wanting to do better. But Instagram was one of my really big things. Also, having a proper <clears throat> referral program. I see a lot of, uh, you know, people do this weird, like, $5, $10 off <clears throat> for, uh, <laughs> for a referral. And especially when you're first building your books. Um, I personally won't do anything for $10 fucking dollars. Like, that's just how <laughs> I am as a person. Like, that does not motivate me, right? If you're hungry to build your books... You need to give your clients that you have now, even if it's two clients, even if it's five, it doesn't matter. You need to give them an incentive in order for somebody else to come through your doors through them if you have a referral program. Yeah. So what I ended up doing is I gave my clients 50% off their fills. If they referred me a new full paying client. Right. And that worked really, really well. People would post me on Instagram. They would post on stories. All of those things. They yeah. would, like, you know, like, leave me reviews. Because, honestly, who, like, my like, fill prices were, I think, one, uh, 125. Uh-huh. Um, I think it was $125 when I, when I first started. Because I just did volume here. Yeah. So even a hundred, like who doesn't want a fifty dollar fill? Just yeah. by throwing my name out there, and you know, one of the girls being like, you know what, me too, and um, that ended up working really, really well for me. And I also had the proper pricing already. We can kind of get into pricing in a little bit, but having that referral program really helped. And um, what I ask from a lot of my coaching students is, I am big on. Um, self-reflection so what I mean by that is I want you to think about why you go to a certain um, service provider whether it's a hair girl whether it's your nail nail girl doesn't matter what it is what makes you keep going back to them is it their setting is it the customer service is it because you can book really quick with them is it their personality a lot of the times it's also personality yeah Um, And obviously quality of work. But what is the setting? What is it about that location or that vibe that you want to go back there? What is it? Do you have that? Oh, yeah. Does, you know, does your salon have that? Do you have that as a person? Yes. If the answer is no, you need to figure out what's going on and how can you actually get to that level too, right? Because we're so often, we're like, we're so hungry for clients and we just want to get clients, but you also like need to like set yourself up for success. So I feel like that's one of the biggest things. I like asking that question. Would you go to you for lashes? Would you go to you for hair? Yeah. Would you be comfortable with that? Yeah. Right. Exactly. And if you feel slightly even insecure, like, uh, you know, it could be better. What can you do different? What can you do for you to be like, fuck yes, I would hundred percent go to myself for lashes. What is it? Right. Yeah. Um, and I feel like nobody really, like, thinks of it like that. Like, when I think of my nail girl, like, my nail girl is talented as fuck. Oh, my gosh. Your nails are adorable. They're I need cute. your nail girl's number. Right? Or mine, even, but, yeah. they're really cute, too. <laughs> or even hair, right? Like, does she listen to me? Yes. Right? Does does she care about me and my fucking well-being and, like, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm exactly looking for? People want to connect. Yeah. I, I say that day in and day out, and especially after COVID. People actually want to connect, you oh, know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, some clients do want to sit in peace and quiet 
and they don't want to talk but it's more so you being you know personable and that kind of goes into you know the personality factor of it like we kind of said in the beginning you know are you personable are you can you be more than surface level because you just saying hi how are you you know is everything going good you have a good job great and like if you can't talk past (laughs) that and you just ask very surface level questions yep they're, like lashes is really intimate I think people forget that like somebody is straight up laying you know on your table with their eyes fucking closed no idea what's going on and what you could be doing right you know and I noticed that people like if you really want to really get your clients trust I've noticed at least for me this works really well and I've tried to coach some of our girls at our studios to do this same thing but it just for me it comes natural for other people okay. not so much but you literally it's almost as though you're training your client on how to do lashes. So you walk them through exactly what you're doing on them and why. It's all it is. It's, I mean, you just go, hey, so I'm going to take this little micro brush swab mm-hmm. and I'm just going to kind of put some, you know, some liquid on it. And mm-hmm. I'm just going to brush your lashes really quick. And this is called primer. It's going to help do this. And, and then they're like, oh, okay. And they're like, you give them this yes, whole like. You give them an experience. Yes. So they actually know what they're experiencing. Yeah. I don't know. Are you the type of person that um, when someone tells you a story, you visualize the story in your head like a movie? Absolutely. And especially in the beginning, if they don't know you, and even if they maybe had a bad job somewhere else, it doesn't matter. It's like you walking them through it because that's also, I love that you say that because not only are you going to bring them along for an experience, it is also going to put you in a position of being a professional provider. You are the authority figure and you are the person that knows exactly what they're doing. Exactly. So that next time they walk into your salon and they got, you know, that crackhead mascara all over your lashes, you'd be like, honey, I just, I'm noticing you have so much mascara. I'm going to have to take this. I'm going to have to clean it off. Honey, I don't put mascara on anymore. It's going to make my job harder. I might have to take all these off and start with a whole new set and you're not going to like that because I'm going to charge you more. Right. And then they're like, oh shit. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I can't believe I just did that. Like, she knows. And also, too, like, you being vocal. Yes. You actually voicing what's going on. I can't tell you how many... You know how many girls have coached and they're so frustrated with their clients because they don't actually like you as a service provider you have to speak up if you're frustrated you can't just assume that your clients know because you post a couple slides on fucking instagram and you think they're gonna just you know pick up on it no not at and all. sometimes you know and I'm, I'm sure a lot of you are like well carol like do tell them Yep. But are you that serious? If you do tell them, do you actually follow through with what you're saying? Are you going to charge them more? Are you going to take the lashes off? Or are you just going to keep letting them do whatever the hell they're doing? Well, that and I feel like some artists um, don't, they think they communicated that, but they really didn't. Mm-hmm. They really don't know how to, and I, I, there's a word you're looking for, and I, I preach this everywhere I go, is it's called managing expectations mm-hmm. on both your end as well as their end. And so um, if you can't, communicate what is expected whether it's at the service during the service after the service then they're gonna come in either mad at you because something wasn't clarified or you know you're gonna be mad at them because something wasn't clarified 
and it's like, well, why are you doing this to yourself? Like, like just just <laughs> lay it out flat. Whenever um, I do trainings, I tell all of my students um, to treat your client, even if they're an experienced lash wearer, even if it's their first time, treat it as a brand new fucking baby, okay? Literally just walk through step by step of what you expect of them and what you can do for them as well. You know, there's a, it's going to be give and take, right? Like, this is what your business policies and boundaries are. This is, you know, what you look for. And then this is what you're going to give them in return. It's, it's a, it's a mutual, I'm looking for a word. It's like, um, it's a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. Right. So (laughs) you, you, you you can't just expect that your clients are going to know if you're scared to voice, you know? Yeah. So yeah, you are establishing yourself and that's part of like one of my things. You're establishing yourself as the credible source and the person who knows your niche as a professional exactly yeah yeah as a professional lash artist and that they're gonna take that back home or they're gonna take that to their friends or whatever and they're gonna be like girl i got my lashes done you're like oh i got my lashes done too and you're like but yours is not mine because mine knows her shit yeah you know and it's so funny too i actually have a, a girl right now that comes to me and she's in aesthetic school and, uh, you know, there's girls that, you know, get their lashes done over there. And, you know, she, <laughs> uh, my pricing is obviously, you know, a lot higher now. And, you know, the girl that is going to school, she told the other girls of what she, you know, what she pays. And they're like, what the hell? Like, you pay that much money? And she's like, yeah, but I go every three weeks and you go almost every week and a half. And you end up paying more than what you think that you're paying for. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it's a lot of the times people, they don't really realize they're, quality until they see it on someone else and they're like whoa that ain't good like okay i know what i have is good on me yeah yeah exactly i like that a lot oh my gosh that's so (laughs) cool so um obviously i I think it was do you have any more other ways on how to help clientele because i mean i have a couple i can think of um, how to kind of grow your clientele? So obviously, you know, uh, like I said before to Instagram, um, Google, Google business page is one of the biggest things that has also helped me. And if you do not have a Google business page, you need to. Me too. Um, a lot of the times I see uh, what lash artists do, they're like, well, I have Agaro or like I have Class Genius and you have reviews on there and that's Stop great. It. But that doesn't really do anything for you when not people are like searching for a lash artist in their area. Like if you kind of do, you know, Phoenix lash artist, Vagara is not going to come up with your reviews. Google is. Google is. And also when you do have those reviews on Google, at least try to have 20 to 30 reviews. That's like, exactly. A, that would be a pretty credible source to me personally. If I was like shopping around and I was like, okay, I'm looking to get a new service yeah. done. And also I am all about repurposing content. Okay. So if you get reviews on Google, you can easily copy and paste that and put that on your Instagram. You can easily put yes. that on Snapchat. Take a screenshot. Can, yeah. Take a screenshot. You can put it on Facebook, whatever other platforms that you're using for your business. You can totally like multipurpose that. Yes. You need to, you absolutely have to. Yeah. And it's not conceited. It's not no, being not like you're all, all self-centered. Like, Oh, look at me. It really isn't. It. You need to always look at your page. If you're building clientele from a client's perspective, perspective yes nobody cares about really what you think of your work i'm just gonna be honest um i think we nitpick everything we're like oh, it's not perfect and it's not perfect no. clients are not looking for perfection okay they just want good Client, quality. they just want good quality work and if you can showcase that you're that person you have the reviews you have the work you mm-hmm. have the knowledge and you know like even i keep on saying instagram because that's like truly what has built my business and the life that i want for myself so i'm gonna just keep saying keep that um by sharing content on Instagram that your clients would want to see, what you would want to see as a client. So, yes. like, think of even if you follow a hair girl, 
uh, of what shampoos maybe not to use how often you should get a trim you know what is the process of you going from you know black hair to a uh, blonde wow. hair you know all of those transitions like think of it and apply it to your business and lashes so you could be posting about you know the do's and don'ts with lashes how to clean your lashes show your face okay no, and I don't think that just because some other person down you know uh, that you mm -hmm. see on Instagram that you follow just posted up how to clean lashes don't think that oh no I can't do that because someone already posted it no because <laughs> like what like how like oh, are you so serious funny. people who follow you are gonna see your content they're not watching the person that you follow right right so you have to use this and just take advantage of it and, and redo it and I kind of want to go back to really quick what you were saying about because you, you dinged a bell in my head, uh, the Google and uh, the reviews. Now, I don't know if a lot of you guys know this, um, but, okay, so on Apple phone, a lot of us, the majority of everyone has an Apple, Apple mm -hmm. phone. Usually, people go straight to the Apple Maps. They don't really go to Google Maps, okay? Apple Maps is actually contracted with Yelp. So when you go search for, let's say, restaurants in a specific area and things start popping up and then you see the little star rating right there and it yep. says four, three, or whatever, that star rating, they're getting that star rating from Yelp. So that, so Apple Maps is connected to Yelp reviews. So, I mean, everyone has a love-hate relationship with Yelp. I totally get it. Like, been there, done that. That's a totally separate conversation. <laughs> but it's really, really important to get also not just your Google reviews up there, but also try to work on your Yelp reviews as well. Absolutely. And then Google Maps, because a lot of Samsung people, obviously it's not Apple Maps. It's Google Maps. Mm -hmm. Now, now you have to really, like you said, create your Google business page. It's free, you guys. Come on. Like, just put it up there. You know, tag. You, you, it's where you, it's where people can, if they search, you know, eyelash extensions in your location, your place is going to pop up on their Google Maps, right? You need that business Google listing. And so, and then that's when the star rating pops up and that, they're going to take that, those star reviews from Google. Not Absolutely. from Yelp. Yep. So you have to be aware of where these star ratings are coming from. Because a lot of people think, oh, Apple Maps. Mm -hmm. Oh, they're getting that from Google. Wrong. That's from Yelp. So you have to focus on, not focus, I would say, but, you know, just Utilize be aware of that. Utilize all the resources that you have. Exactly. Yep. And, you know, it's kind of people say, well, I don't know how to ask for reviews. That's fine. If you don't know how to ask. Send me a DM. Yeah, right? You. DM us. Because we'll tell you. I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll give you a... a one sentence script really yeah. fast and you know what and if you need to text them like mm -hmm. one day after and say hey babe i just want to see if you can leave me a review and then give them the link people are so lazy mm -hmm. i can't tell you how lazy i mean i'm lazy i want i want i want you to give me what i want immediately so i don't have to search for it absolutely if, if you go tell me to leave a review for you i'm gonna be like oh now i have to go to google.com and then i have to go find your place and then i have to it's like oh no Freaking make it easy. Have the link that takes them straight to where they can just type in or just put the star little button and say submit. Like that's what you need. And if you need to hire a company that does the automatic text thing, I don't know if you yeah. have that. It's like super, it's not super inexpensive, but like it's, it's an affordable price. You can buy a good plan um, where they do, you just put in their phone number, you say send, and then they'll like do a scheduled kind of like text message to your clients yep. to get them to leave a review. That works wonders. And honestly, if you have a good service, if you provided a good service, your client is going to go above and beyond and write that. Yes. Okay? If they believe in you, you're going to get some bomb-ass reviews. Honestly, whenever I like, land in a page and I see really good reviews, that's going to 
make me more even inclined to go there. Yes. Pictures, obviously, you know, speak a thousand words, especially in our, you know, our industry. That's basically, it's our portfolio. But having a client be like, yeah, she's the best. Yes. I'm going to be like, okay, some other people go to her, you know, and you, it kind of just, it goes down a rabbit hole. Yeah, for sure. I totally, I like it. And yeah. I always have to put that to bit because people don't realize that. It's really is a... It goes hand in hand. Yeah, I totally so, agree. Sorry, I interrupted you. You were going to say something. You're probably going to add another another tidbit on how they can build a clientele. Uh, I was talking about, you know, just what you should be posting on Instagram because yeah. that's, um, that's I get those questions a lot. And, um, oh, that's what I was going to say. We often feel like we have to be insanely creative and so much different from everybody else. And it's just simply not true. Um, I repurpose a lot of my content. Every 12 to 16 posts, I just recycle it. Mm-hmm. You don't like need to do anything crazy, intense, magic with your Instagram. It just needs to be consistent, and people need clarity on what you do and what you offer. Yeah, that's those are like pretty much the two things. Right. Um, even think about when you do go to someone's um, Instagram page. How far down do you really scroll? Like, be honest with yourself. Not that far. No, I literally like, probably two, like, you know, little... One, two swipes, yeah. and then you crawl back up. Yep, exactly. <laughs> like, nobody goes all the way down. So, uh, definitely, like, repurposing content. I am all for that. So, that way, it will take a lot of pressure off of you, because I, I know a lot of people won't even post, because they're so, like, nervous. They're like, oh, I don't think it's good enough. Like, I'm not sure. Just fucking do it. It doesn't need to be perfect. You just need to get yourself out there. You know, the more you hold back, and the more you're like, well, what about that? Or, I'm just going to do it better next time. What if there's no next time? Then yeah. what? Yeah, exactly. And then you're going to kick yourself in the butt because all of a sudden you see someone else post it and mm-hmm. they're like, you're like, oh man, like I should have done it. And you're like, well, you can still do it. You yep. just There's no rules or regulations. We make up these weird ass ideas in our head of how things are supposed to be for whatever reason in the industry. <laughs> you know, there's like these, I want to see the rule book. Is there a rule book? Because no, I don't think there is, right? And there's like this imaginary rule book that everybody goes by and I think it's a bunch of bullshit. Just post to work, no. be proud of it, you know, and just go for it and and you like I like what you said like don't worry about repurposing content but just be as creative or as quirky or as different or as whatever as as you want to be like what 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 brings out your personality people want to see you people want to know who their service provider is there's so many times that I land in an Instagram page and their work is beautiful but I have no no idea who the person behind creating it is yeah people like I don't want to post this stuff I'm like why you are your business you You are are your brand you know And one, like, last little tidbit about Instagram. Um, your information, your name, your location, and how they can contact you, and what do you do. Mm-hmm. Put your name where your name is supposed to be. <laughs> okay? Yes. I, I cannot stress that enough. When I don't know, like, what's your first name? Oh, who am I? I don't even I, know. Sometimes I'll, I go on Instagram, yeah. I'm like, what's your name? I just know her by her handle. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Having your name there and putting your location where the location is supposed to be, not, like, in your <laughs> caption, you know? <laughs> People do that so often. I'm like, you literally have a section where you can put your location. If you work out of a home, if you don't want people to know where your location is, that's fine. Just do, you know, just your town city, and, yeah. City and your, state. That's it. It doesn't need to be anything crazy. Yeah. I land on some bomb-ass pages. I have no idea where the fuck you at. Yeah, so, no, and as a client, you're like, amazing, where's this person? Oh, they're in California, cool, I'm in Connecticut. <laughs> now what? You know, you just lost a client. Yeah, for sure. And hashtags are really good, too. Yes, yep. hashtags. There's so many good. There's, There's so many. I think these are yeah. the top. I think you mentioned probably, like, five of them. Yeah. I think these are really legit, and if you guys can work on them and take in her, you know, her advice on how to really 
hone this in and like you said earlier self-reflect yeah. um I, you'll you'll see some changes and you'll see like a lot of wonders but I kind of wanted to um go into really quick um what talk about pricing you know what considerations do you take when it when it comes to pricing your services so when I first started, I, I think we've all done this. So I'm going to just kind of like go back a little bit of like the mistakes that I made that I don't want you to make. So when I first started, I looked at what was around me. I was like, oh, she's charging $45 to fill. Cool. I'm going to charge $45 to fill, right? Because I wanted to be in the same price range. I didn't want to be lower. I didn't want to be higher because I thought clients were going to come to me because I thought it was all about price. And it, in reality, it isn't. Um, so when it comes to pricing too, I did like my first price increase and this is like six years ago. I just raised it by $5. Yeah, my first price increase was by $5 because I was like, okay, it's time to raise my prices. I had no idea what that five fucking dollars was going to do for me. I had no <laughs> clue, but it was like $5 sounds legit, right? Let's do it. <laughs> Sorry. You're... Oh my gosh. Okay, uh, go ahead. <laughs> I had no logic behind it because yeah. I, I didn't, you know, I didn't really understand my numbers. I didn't know my overhead. I didn't know how much I wanted to make. I really had no idea. Um, I just had no fucking idea. Yeah. I, I did not know. So, you know, now that I've been in the business for six years, I have a little bit of a better idea, but <laughs> I'm sure I could, you know, learn more things. So right now, what I normally take into consideration when it comes to my pricing is how much product do I go through? Um, I normally look at my yearly, um, I look at my yearly receipts of like the products that I've ordered. I have a business credit card that I put all of my things on, all my products. And I look at that. I'm like, okay, I ordered, you know, let's say $20,000 in product. So then that way I am able to break that down. I don't think I've ordered that much, not necessarily product, but let's just say like um, lights, bed, maybe you bought a new bench. doesn't matter what it is. Like just business costs. Just business costs. The little things for the like maintenance business. Exactly. Okay. Um, And I put my prices uh, according to that. And also, you know, how much is your studio rent? How much do you need to even live? What's your rent like? What's your car payment like? Do you have kids? You know, all of those things need to be put into consideration. I want you to literally sit down one night and look at your like last three months of your bank statements. See the money, where is your money going and how much are you actually spending? If you always feel like you're constantly broke and you're just, you know, spinning on wheels, your pricing is not where it needs to be or your lifestyle doesn't match where your prices are at. So that's what I would do first. So how I got my prices is I uh, I knew what I wanted to make and I figured out also not only what I wanted to make but investments. I ended up opening up a Roth IRA account. Okay, I have a retirement fund. I have an emergency fund. I have a Christmas fund. I have a vacation. You know, like there's a lot um, a lot of things that go go into your pricing. You know, oftentimes we're like I there's this like really weird like misconception in the industry that all the money that you make you keep to yourself i feel like a lot of people still have the mentality and that just simply isn't it in order for you to even grow you know i see people not being able to take lash classes because they're like i don't have the money for it i'm like okay well what's happening with the numbers like how can we budget those expenses for your business and how can we get those prices to that point so you can actually put money aside in your comfort so as far as how I get my prices, it's basically based off of all my expenses and then what it would, what I would need to make. So like, let's say, I'll pull out my phone really quick. So yeah. let's say. Let's get a calculator out. We'll, yeah. we'll imagine this number with us, you guys. 
Um, so like, let's say that, uh, your bills are, we'll make it super simple. Let's say your bills are $2,000 a month. So that would be your like rent car. Wow. That's really, cheap. that's really cheap. Right. I was going to say, I'm like, damn, oh, my bills no, aren't that low. No, my, it's, yeah. Triple that, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Just uh, so it's easy to follow along. So like, let's say your bills are $2,000 a month, right? And if your uh, bills are... Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Let's be okay. more realistic. Let's do like 4000 Okay, okay let's, let's say four. your, your bills are $4,000. And yeah. that includes like your house, groceries, yeah. every kids, school. Okay. Uh, yeah. So All let's that. say it's $4,000 for you. And you would take... Um, so let's say if your bills are... $65. I feel like I see a lot of 65 For yeah. like a classic set or something, yeah. Exactly. We'll just this do the minimum. This yeah. is, guys, like your bare minimum of what yes. you could possibly offer. So we'll take 65 um, times, like let's say if you have maybe 10 clients a week. Like let's say you're kind of like still struggling 10 clients a week. So that's 40 clients a month. Like, well, you would see that 40 times. They would like flip-flop. Yeah, that's really struggling. Yeah, that's like really struggling. <laughs> that's like really struggling. So, that's like <laughs> two clients a day for five days a week. Right. Um, but I, I just want to like right, make so people, it a point. Uh, right. We're going to make it a point. We're going to give you guys the bare minimum. So $4,000, you would see, uh, you know, you fill the price is $65 and you would see 10 clients a week. So that would be 2600 a month. So obviously that doesn't even closely cover your bills. Okay. So let's do it again. $4,000 is your monthly expenses. Let's say your fill prices are $80. Okay. And we'll do it by 10 people again, just because it's easy. So times uh, 40, because that would be 10, 10, 10. There's four, four weeks, four weeks in a month. month. That's right. where I'm getting the 40 from. Okay. That's 3200 Still not even almost close. there. Almost there, okay. right? So you your fill prices would need to be at like ninety dollars in order for you to even just make all your monthly bills. Yeah, just to kind of break even a little bit. Yep, exactly. Um, and then you would kind of go up from there. So that's basically what I did until I was like, okay, what would be the happy medium number? And obviously, you guys are gonna have more clients than ten clients um, a week, but it, it just more so for the. This is for the underdogs. Yeah, this for, is for the sake of, yeah, for... For the uh, people that are just starting. For maybe the last shortest that happened in the industry for two years still. And they're, like, they're still, struggling. They're still struggling, right? I, 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 I know some girls like yeah, that. Yeah, and I, I know people that have been in the industry for six years and they're still struggling, right? Um, but that will give you kind of an idea. So, like, let's say your fills would need to be $100 for uh, if you have 10 clients. 10 clients. So that would be $1,000 right. a week. Um, so that would be four thousand dollars. So and that's your minimum bare minimum. That's if you could if you could offer at yep. fills at classic for a hundred. Exactly. But if you see now twenty clients a week, right? Yep. So that's that's a lot more. So um, twenty clients. Oh, I can't. And do you math. charge minimum of a hundred dollars. Yep. Twenty clients. So that would be eighty, not eighty clients a month, but that you would see those clients like eighty times. Right. right? You would have eighty clients. You'd have eighty bookings. Yeah, eighty appointments. That's eight thousand dollars right there. Yeah. Okay. A whole different story. Exactly. Um. So that's how I got my numbers, and not only like you know doing the bare minimum, but it's like okay, I wanted to invest in my Roth IRA. I wanted to take a vacation. I I also have a fucking dog. Sunny is so goddamn expensive. If you guys have animals, I'm sure you know. If you have <laughs> yeah, kids, are. kids are expensive, right? You want to yes. give them your all. But more often than not, your pricing is not where it needs to be in order for you to make those dreams happen. You cannot just price your services just in order for you to make ends meet. It needs no. to be more than that. So I normally uh, do 25% about that. Yeah, you have to, to have some sort of... Uh 
concessions. Yeah. You know, because things come up. Bills, you know, unexpected bills, hospital, things like that. Or new like, tires. Yeah, new tires. Or like, let's say they your your studio up the rent and you're like, oh, shoot, like how am I going to cover that? Your Glamcore broke. Yeah. That's $300 right there. Exactly. And I think we had to kind of put it out there like overhead costs. You know, they, I think we, we took into consideration just your lit, lively bills just yep. to live. We didn't even tell you that did not even include the, the cost it would take for you to have the overhead of a business. Yep. So if you have a small studio, you know, you have to take into consideration your rent, your utilities, um, your products. insurance, sales, products, your marketing, you know, budget, your Maybe repair and maintenance. You know, uh, that those are pretty much your, your overhead basics. And so you really have to know those numbers. So know your numbers. And I think a great, I don't know what you use to keep track of your numbers. For for us, we use like to use two different things, at least for me. Uh, QuickBooks yep. and Mint. Mint, yeah. Those are the two. Those are the yeah. two, guys. And they're free. And well. also, um, kind of like if if you're in the position to have a credit card. I love credit cards. Yes. Okay? Um, credit cards really help me manage my budget my expenses and just everything in general because it's right in front of me and I don't spend more than I than earn what you oh yeah, yeah. exactly so yeah. be careful to yeah of treat course. your credit cards good so <laughs> if your credit card limit is ten thousand dollars that does that mean that's the money you have okay yes and also yes. you should be using only 30 percent of that but that's a whole other story oh. about credit card <laughs> utilization oh yeah exactly and especially to keep your your credit score well yeah. and things like that so yep. yeah for sure um, I like that a lot. Uh, there was something else I was going to say, too. Um, um, it's going to come back to me. Yeah, no worries. Taxes. Sure. Oh, also. taxes. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Yes. How do we forget? Yeah. So that should be like 25% alone. And also, too, with taxes, um, yeah. everybody, you know, puts aside. Um, normally, what I do is I put aside 25%. Um and obviously, you're going to have write-offs. So your taxes are going to be based off of, you know, after write-offs. Right. Um, so if you're smart and if you put 20 to 25% and pay quarterly, you're going to be all set. You're going to have money yeah. left over at the end of the year because you're going to have write-offs, right? Um, so that's something to also think about. And that's if your business is legit and if you're just not taking cash. And also, too, if you are just taking cash, please don't do that. You're not going to grow if you just no, take cash not. for your business. No. If you want to buy a house, if you want to have a nice car, you need to actually show your goddamn income. Um, I see so many people struggling, even for me. Um, I mean, I, I pretty much show all of my income now, but um, that's like a little bit of a tangent, but I still want to like speak about it because that's something that happened to me this year. So um, I wanted to buy a home this year. Um, if you guys know anything about the Phoenix market right now, it's absolutely fucking Crazy. gnarly. I'm about to live in a shoebox. Just kidding. I'm really not. <laughs> uh, but what I'm trying to say is if you are self-employed, they will try to screw you in any way possible. Oh, for sure. Um, so even if you show that you make over six figures, they're going to go based off of your net or whatever you after your write-offs. So be careful also with how much you're writing off, okay? Mm -hmm. If you go to, you know, Chick-fil-A at 12 o'clock and you put it, you know, 12 o'clock at night and you put it in your, like, business credit card, think twice before you do that. Yeah. Um, that's not a business meal, although I wish it was. But um, <laughs> you also want to think about how much you're actually, like, writing off because when you go to purchase a, a, purchase a house, not so much for a car. They don't really care for a car, but for a home. Um, I had a lot of uh, write-offs, obviously, like COVID. So, like, the last, like, two years, um, I showed, um, I think it was, like, like uh, 70, 75. That was, like, after, like, net. 
and um, I wasn't still able to qualify because they like wanted like four or five years oh yeah so you like you, it depends on like where you're at but they're like hey like it needs to be like four or five years because you're self-employed and nobody else can co-sign for you although my credit score is like 750 and like life is good like I'm not you know I could afford it yeah um so something also to think about when you when it does come to write-offs you know just be mindful of that whatever your future goals are if you want to buy a home and stuff like that you need to talk to your accountant about oh that. yeah definitely yeah. get an accountant and don't tell me you can't afford it no because it's something that you should be budgeting in into your whole overhead things to have during every year because it's I know I need to go talk to my accountant to file my taxes yeah. too so like if you guys like need help with this and like guidance I'm not an accountant she isn't an accountant but obviously we've been in business for quite some time you know we've we've learned our lessons I I was doing a lot of cash a lot of Venmo also drop Venmo for the love of God please do not take Venmo no don't take Venmo um, yeah, just be smart with, you want to, like, look legit on paper if you want your business to grow in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, for sure. 100%. That is amazing. This is such amazing advice, you guys. I think this was an eye-opener for many, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and just kind of, a, and hopefully for, for those who do know a lot of this stuff, it's kind of like a, oh, like, let's jog your memory. Like, okay, let me get, like, revamped and energized again about my clientele and everything that I should do for that. So, um, I want to thank Carol here for joining me on my podcast. Um, I hope you guys learned a lot. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much. If you ever need any help, do not hesitate to reach out to any of us. And, hey, I hope that, guys, like, I see you at the conference, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be so fun. So, yes. So, I'm going to actually link uh, all the links in the description below. So, I'm going to put in her Instagram, Last Chance Artistry with Huga Beauty, as well as the conference site, as well as the website right now. I'll be at the conference, so come give me a hug if you're hug friendly. (laughs) (laughs) With your mask. (laughs) Yes. And uh, so, yes, you guys, we'd love to see you guys at the conference. Uh, Check out the www.scottsdaleslashbrowconference.com. We're about three weeks away. So, if you're listening right now and you haven't jumped on that, guys, jump on it it's it's gonna, gonna be, be amazing and it's gonna be like the first in-person event too and you know the fun for the ones that haven't cooped up and want some social interaction like i know i personally do i'm excited to see all of you and just see how everyone's doing and yeah just honestly chat more and just like feel the energy and feel the vibes and just get excited about something again i know sometimes we'll lose a little bit of a motivation or drive you know because we just keep on doing the same thing every single day we take clients we go home we see your kids and you know it just becomes a routine and sometimes you do kind of lose that spark you know in your business because you just keep on doing the same thing so come get fired up again and come see us and you're gonna learn so much too there's gonna be a lot of very knowledgeable people there that you can ask all the questions and you know take pictures and just connect really exactly exactly thank you i appreciate that i'm excited guys i will talk to you soon all right guys bye bye